everyone, welcome back to another episode of Don't Be So Dramatic. My name is Rachel and this is the podcast where I talk to different people in the entertainment industry and discover what their job involves and how they got there. So as you can probably tell from the title, I've done a a little bit of a a different um, vibe for this week's episode. Um, I've been thinking for a while now that you guys don't really know um, specifically what I do or where I've come from. I kind of mention it here and there talking to other people. Um, So I thought, why not let you in on who the hell is Rachel Baker? Um, So I brought back my very good friend and first episode um, guest James Lundy to come and interview me on everything that I do and uh, what what I've done to get to where I am today I guess. I have to preface by saying um, for the first I'd say five minutes of the episode I, I didn't realize that James's mic was turned off um, because I'm a professional podcaster. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I've tried to alter the audio as best as I can, but about five minutes in the audio gets way better. Um, So I hope this is interesting. Um, I hope that you enjoy learning about who the hell the host is of this podcast. So without further ado, let's jump in. Well, this is weird. It's weird. Well... Yeah. I've never hosted a podcast before and you've never been interviewed on a podcast before. No. Which is, I'm going to have to come up with my life story. <laughs> Very quickly. Ah. Well, I might start off with, I was, uh, my name's, <laughs> I was, no, I still am. My name's James Lundy. I was your first. First. I was the guinea pig. You were. Right. I know. It's <laughs> a sound guinea pigs make, but. Um... <laughs> if you squeeze them hard enough. <laughs> Uh, so, as you everyone probably knows, you're Rachel Baker. I'm Rachel Baker, the host of Don't Be So Dramatic. <laughs> That's not all you do, though. No, so I'm a I'm an actor and a producer and sometimes writer um, when I want to be. Um, based in Sydney at the moment, so at the moment, at the moment. Um, who knows what the future holds? Tier one is great this time of year. <laughs> um, so I, think, I think what we might do is we might start off how you normally start off with everyone. So mm-hmm. um, let's talk about your journey, I guess. My journey. <laughs> I, like I like the word journey. It's very inspired. Um, how, how did you start out? So I guess it's very similar to how a lot of people start out in the industry is when I was young... I was very into like um, doing drama and like doing little plays and stuff. And this is when I was probably like 12 years old. I remember like any time in primary school when we got to do a play or we got to act out a scene for class, I was like, yes, this is my moment. This is what I want to do kind of thing. And so then in high school, Um, But I didn't really register that I liked acting. I just kind of thought it was like, oh, I like that thing that we do at school. Um, And so when I was about 14, I think, or 15, um, my mum, I came home one day and she was like, I've signed you up for after school drama classes at where one of my friends did it. And I was like, why? (laughs) I just didn't really understand. But obviously 
my parents knew, oh, she really likes doing drama and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I was doing after school drama at the Art Umbrella in Caring Bar. It's on the main road of Caring Bar. Um, shout out. And um, yeah, I was doing like all of the school plays and stuff like that. I so vividly remember that I literally didn't care about any other class at school. Like if I got a, to do drama, like for, I remember there was one day where it was like a double period of drama. Oh my God, that was my day. Like I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> so I was very, very much all about it. Did all that stuff in school. And then when it got time to sort of, you know, finish year 12 and decide what I was going to do after that, um, it was kind of like a given, like, oh, I'm going to go and study acting somewhere. It was kind of, there was never a kind of second thought of like, oh, maybe I should do a communications degree. <laughs> so. Not there's anything wrong with No, nothing. No, no. <laughs> I'm sure many people have. But, um. So I decided that I was going to go and study a Bachelor of Performance at the University of Wollongong um, because I grew up in a place called Stanwall Tops, which is down kind of near the south coast. And so Wollongong is the closest uni to there. And they do have a good um, uh, acting degree there. So went off to uni and um, that was an interesting time of my life. Um, what I studied at uni was all like theater-based stuff, but at the same time, um, I like, I, I went to a Christian school, um, from my primary and high school. And so then obviously when you get to uni, there's a lot of different people to what I was kind of used to at school. And so, yeah, I just like, I went through a really for a fair few years when I was in Wollongong, um, a very interesting period of just like what I can really only describe as like, uh, um, identity crisis, I guess, kind of, that sounds very full on. It probably <laughs> wasn't that dramatic. <laughs> Don't be so dramatic. <laughs> um, yeah, I just like, um, I was very confused about, a lot of things like who I was um and yeah just a a lot of things in life so uni for me it wasn't necessarily about like learning as much as I could and trying my best to get the best marks unfortunately it was kind of a time where I was just like really struggling to work things out in my head and um yeah so and also because it was a theater degree And I really didn't know a lot about the industry going into uni. And then when I got out of uni, they didn't really teach us a lot about the industry, like how to get an agent as an actor, like showreel stuff, headshots. I really had no idea about that stuff. And I got, I finished uni when I was 21. I'm 26 now. And um, we're still living in Wollongong and was like, um doing that sort of thing, traveling up to Sydney. I, I discovered someone told me about star now. <laughs> and so I got on that and I thought, Oh, that's how I'm going to get acting work. And so I was auditioning for a bunch of student films at the time. I'd never done film acting before. So I was really, I had no idea that theater wasn't as big 
in Sydney, which it's not. Theatre, like, there's very few theatres um, and, you know, plays don't have massive casts unless you're doing a musical, which I um, cannot do for shit. Um, so, um, yeah, I kind of realised quite quickly, like, oh, I have to do film now. And so... It was really kind of learning by doing a bunch of really small, like, student stuff. I need to burp. There we go. <laughs> it was stuck in my throat. <laughs> we'll keep that in. <laughs> it's very relatable. Um, the the travelling up from Wollongong to Sydney to do, like, a 15, 20-minute audition was just so much. And so I decided, like, okay, I'm going to move to Sydney and try and, like, do this thing and so I moved to Sydney not really knowing anyone even though it's like an hour and a half from Wollongong I'm still like yeah we all make it when you move from Wollongong or to Sydney or something or vice versa it sounds like it's this big thing mm. like it really is just like 45 minutes on the freeway yeah I know. <laughs> like well driving it. your your speed <laughs> that's right Sorry to interrupt the episode, but I just wanted to let you know here is where I realised James's mic was turned off and I fixed it so it gets way better from here. I moved to Sydney um, and basically we're still, you know, getting my own auditions. Um, yeah, I just, I at the time I just really remember not really knowing how to approach agents or anything important like that. And so this was when I was like, I think, 23-ish, which is not that long ago, um, 22, 23. Um, and I sort of start, I had to figure it out myself. I was kind of like asking people and then I kind of realized, oh, I need an agent if I want to get the kind of big time gigs sort of thing. And so, um, oh, and the only reason that I got headshots was because one of my aunties for my 21st bought me a headshots package shout out to Arnie Deb <laughs> that was so helpful at the time I was like oh my god like I never I probably would have done like a can someone take a photo of me against a blank wall on my iPhone kind of thing because um, headshots aren't cheap they're not cheap they're and there's really something not. that you have to update every three months because your look changes what well, I mean you're in your in your case it well does, every but- every year or so I obviously, because I dyed my hair, I had to change. Change, but yeah, it but, feels um, like your people are doing them nonstop. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was funny. Um, so I had my headshots, um, and yeah, um, I did the whole like. I think um, it's very funny. Um, most actors, like a, a lot of actors I know, have done this where they do the bulk email to like every agent in Sydney or Australia because you can be represented by people not in your city (laughs) and like it must have just sounded so generic and like hi my name is Rachel I'm an actor based in Sydney please (laughs) have me on your books so I can become an actor it's my dream kind of thing I don't even know if I had a show reel at the time yeah okay um well you're still a theater actor at that stage so what does what does a theater actor do instead of a show reel um I think I'm not 100% sure because I've not really gone into theatre since I kind of graduated uni. It's been all film since then. So in terms of like, well, I guess the people that are doing Sydney Theatre Company shows are also film actors. And so Mm. they would have, you know, a showreel. But um, I mean, definitely in this age, there's definitely a, a major crossover between the two. It's not something you can just be 
one or the other. Yeah, you know? and, that, and that's fine. That's great. I mean, you're getting diversity and they both have their pros and cons and whatnot. But um, it's interesting to talk about why, like why that's a thing. Like, you know, like maybe... 10 20 30 years ago people were just one way or the other and how would how as yeah. a theater actor i mean you've kind of got your auditions and you've kind of got your past roles but if you're fresh yeah i mean like theater and film are so different they're just such different things it's really um you can really tell when someone's a theater actor and then they um are new to film because they're very loud and they project a lot. And, <laughs> and that's great for theatre when you're trying to yell at the people in the back stalls. But for film, yeah. you, don't, you, mean you don't need to project as much. Yeah. I remember having a conversation recently with a girl who's mainly a theatre actor who does a bit of th- film. And she was, um, I was saying um, something like, it's with the difference for me with film and theater is if you're playing a certain character uh in theater the energy of that character will most likely be placed um more throughout your body probably like in in your torso in your in your arms and legs that sort of thing whereas in film the energy for that character is normally placed in the in the eyes in the face kind of thing because you can't just be like waving your arms around on film most of the time mm. in comedies you can like mm. if you're being crazy you can get away with it or something like that so i think that's kind of for me how i differentiate between the two um is like the different kind of uh like the character can be the same it's just kind of where the energy is placed it's just a different way of executing it you know you've just got to consider are you you know are you creating a character for a room of you know 200 300 people or are you creating a character for a much larger a larger audience but you're directing it through one i.e the camera yeah so Um, yeah, I think my first time I did that bulk email to agents, um, I, I didn't get any yeses or any meetings Mm. and like, (laughs) I know why I was like just another generic actor, you know, hindsight is bliss, isn't it? It's one of those things that you just, so funny. Yeah. So, um, that happened. And so I kind of. I think this was the time that I really realized, oh, okay, I think I'm going to have to do this myself. And so I decided that I was going to write a web series, Mm. Um, (laughs) which was, yeah, it was, it was really, I don't know why I thought that, but anyway, I kind of like bunkered down and decided I was going to write a comedy web series called Mossman Now which was basically like this piss take web series on people who live in Mossman. (laughs) (laughs) So for for anyone that lives in Mossman, you are a true, true hero. Yeah. (laughs) That military road gets me every time. (laughs) Yeah. So I I remember so clearly, like I was getting to the end of writing because I wrote seven episodes. Um, I got, to down to like having to write the last four and I was really struggling. And so I went, I'm going to go down to my parents were away at the time. I'm going to go down to Wollongong where they live. I'm going to literally for three days, just sit 
and write these episodes because I have to. Because I don't really like writing. Mm. I don't like having to sit down and flesh something out. Mm. Um, but I know that like once you get that first like completed first draft on the page then you can go back and once the wheels start turning yeah, yeah, yeah you need to write a really shit version before you can get the good version yeah and that's the same with anything you know yeah so i um i went down i pumped out all these episodes and i had this web series and so i sent it off to different people to edit it and make it better um and yeah then started kind of recruiting people that I knew for crew it was like a very small like three person crew I Mm. think it was so tiny and like no budget I think I did the whole thing for like five hundred dollars yeah wow um which was I just I pulled in a lot of favors for it and then I like I cast the series off star now and like looking back on that series it's like it's still on YouTube you can go and find it if you really want to um It's not the best thing in the world. There's so many things that could have been done, but I'm like such a firm believer in that you really just, it's okay to put shit stuff out there as long as you're improving on it. Well, I mean, and also you you would have learned from it, you know? Oh, so much. And and like, you know, for someone like me, that's a very much learn by doing. Yeah. You know, going and doing stuff is the way to perfect or better your skills. Yeah. You know, and if that suits your workflow, then by all means yeah definitely it was um yeah i learned so much that's how i learned what producing was essentially and i think it's a great way to then you then look back on where you've come from as well when you start working on bigger things or you know things that are a little bit better or you know you start going okay look look this is where i this is where i started oh my god so embarrassing but this is where i started and now look what i'm doing oh a hundred percent i i cannot wait for when you know i'm on big things and I can, like, say to someone, oh, my God, have a look at this. Like, I think some people uh, think, oh, that would be so embarrassing and that sort of thing. But, like, I just, I don't really care. And, like, I think it's obviously with the whole, like, you know, um, I think people are talking a lot lately about, like, break breakthrough success stories of actors that are, like, overnight successes. And the actor turns around and goes... I've been doing this for 10 years yeah. and this is the like the first thing that you've seen me in because I've been like Cause it's a commercial because it's a commercial yeah. viable production yeah. Yeah, so um I don't know what my point was. <laughs> I but no, yeah, it makes it makes sense like just because someone's had their breakthrough in inverted commas where yeah. they've made it onto the big stage or the you know right in front of the you know the most of the population doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that they They've weren't just, shit when they started out. No, no, like not everyone's a Harrison Ford and they're, you no. know, working in a diner or yeah. whatever he was doing. That's not 100% right, I don't think. <laughs> we'll say it was. Yeah. <laughs> Rewriting history for yeah. Harrison Ford. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but not everyone has that moment of going from, you know, being discovered or, you know, that's their yeah. very much one in a million stories and they're great stories. They're very inspirational and some of the greatest, you know, entertainers of, life we've discovered that way but yeah that doesn't necessarily mean it's they've either a not had any experience or been trying to do that um because to be discovered you have to be able to prove your worth too definitely and i think um yeah 
it's it's very it's very very rare that someone's like oh at my first audition I got cast and you're like okay mm-hmm. <laughs> very very rare and I think um like for some people that start off young in the industry like really you know young um and then go from there of course their earlier work is going to be good because they were working on big productions mm. but yeah majority of us the first things that you do are going to be shit and I think like that's relatable to people so don't be embarrassed about that Mm. you know it's it's funny like so what so that's like i thought about taking mossman now down but i was like why i'm like i'm proud that i got that out there Mm. you know in a world where there's a lot of people who are uh, frustrated about why they're not being cast and not doing anything about it Mm. like i i'm proud of myself for going and doing something about it yeah um so yeah um and then what happened after oh during mossman now i got my first agent um which was locked them away bottom tier agent (laughs) um which is kind of where a lot of people start off as well yeah um which is why i kind of i like talking about these things um yeah so like bottom tier agent really like really no one on their books kind of thing but i was like it's a start yeah you know at least i'm signed with someone i think i got one commercial audition in the year and a half i was signed with them um which was a self-tape audition as well so i didn't even go into the casting director um and so from there i started to really learn about um yeah what what in what being an actor entailed and what steps I needed to be taking in order to get better and better and better. Mm. Um, I think that's about the time that I met you as well. <laughs> it was around that time. Best time of my life. <laughs> it's all down here from here, kids. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, then I just, yeah, I was uh, doing a few classes and stuff like that. Um, and then I ended up um, dropping my agent and going freelance for a bit, um, which is a very interesting thing also to talk about um, with actors because I think everyone's really scared of going freelance without an agent. They think, oh, if I don't have an agent, then the casting directors are not going to be aware of me and um, I'm going to miss opportunities. Whereas, like, I think it's... If you're with a bad agent, I think it's so much better for your brand, <laughs> in inverted commas, um, to uh, just go out on your own and figure out really who it is you want to represent you. Um, so I think I freelanced for about a year. And then I, again, like sat down and then by this point I'd known like, oh, I... Um, I want to really figure out who it is that I want to represent me mm. um, and what I want out of this career. Because this isn't kind of like a, oh, I want to be an actor for me. Like this, this is what I want to do. Mm. So I had to think and I um, pitched to a couple of agents and the feedback that, and at this point I had a show reel, thank God, <laughs> from like different things that I'd done and stuff like that, which, oh, um, and so then they came back with like, um, we think you're great, but we've got people on our books already that look like you. Because I was, you know, blonde hair, greeny blue eyes, very typical Australian gal. Australia. Yeah. Um, and so I 
had a think and was kind of like, okay, so, well, I can't change the color of my skin. So <laughs> can't change what you know, nationality I am. So what else can I change? And so it seems like such a fickle thing to go, I'm going to dye my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's silly. Um, so I, I ended up dyeing my hair red um, because at the time there wasn't a lot of redheads on anyone's books. And I ended up pitching to maybe like 10 different agents and um, who I'm with, Gail from Williams Management came back to me and wanted to have a meeting. Um, And in the meeting, she was like, I don't have anyone with red hair on my books. And I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is weird to me because yeah, like, I don't know. That just sounds weird to me that there's no redheads. So if you're a redhead, get get going now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's funnily enough. Red hair doesn't suit everyone's complexion. No. Um, so that's why a lot of people can't do it. Um, so yeah, I think it like, it worked to my advantage. I don't want to question. I just want to be like, okay. Um, but don't everyone go out and dye your hair red. It doesn't. It is just oversaturate. <laughs> it you oversaturate the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the industry and, and then we'll, we'll yeah. yeah. So, um, I ended up signing with Gail, which was a massive step up in my career. Um, and at the time I'd also started, um, I'd been recommended, um, to start potentially coaching with Ben Matthews, which is my coach now, um, because I was doing classes and I just, again, I do so much self-reflection now. It's like (laughs) throughout this story, that's literally just like the times where, you know, yeah, they're all, they're all, they're all stepping stones exactly to so where you're going yeah. at the time i was kind of like i'm doing all these classes and then i started to not get as much out of them because i think that with acting classes it's it's great yes you can learn from watching people um but i really needed to like amp up what i was doing um and improve i i had a fair few things that i needed to improve on um and it just wasn't happening with like doing a six week class where, you know, you get to do your scene twice mm. in a night and then you watch everyone else's for an hour or two. Um, so I ended up um, going to Ben and being like, I need some one-on-one coaching. And that's just been like, Ben is one of the best coaches in Australia. Mm. He's fantastic. Um, I just like, I cannot speak highly enough of him. And I've had him on the podcast, go and listen to the episode. <laughs> But um, yeah, I so yeah, it's just um, like one one thing that I'll say is like everything that I've said um, so far in my story is that the only way that I was ever going to be able to step up is like through sitting down and self-reflecting and really being looking at it from a critical point of view, not being like, how am I going to live my dream of being an actor? You know, it was like, this is my job. I need to sit down and be like, okay, so this, I need to get this. So how am I going to get that in a business sense? Um, Because as an actor, you're a product. Well, I guess it's like, you know, no one in any job really just goes straight into from that uni or whatever to their dream job. No, You know, like no one goes straight from high school to CEO or whatever it may be. Like, you know, everyone has to kind of work their way up. Everyone has to do the the jobs that no one else wants to do to kind of work up. And I think like to me, they're the kind of people that you want because they're the people that don't give up 
you know, they're the people yeah. that put in the effort to get where they want to go. Yeah, definitely. And I was kind of recently um, thinking about um, a few things of like uh, goals that I want to achieve this year and stuff like that and um, where I want to go next kind of thing. And um, yeah, it really, it really kind of hit home that I was like, wow, like I must really want to do this. Mm. You're <laughs> committed now, no escape. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I guess the thing was I kind of looked back and I went like, oh, like there was never a point that I turned around and went, I just don't want to do this anymore. This mm. isn't enjoyable. Like even through the really hard times where I didn't have an agent. I was like, not that good. I was doing student films. Mm. I was going through some really rough, like personal stuff as well. There, like, there was never a time where I kind of went, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. It was kind of like, but this, this is the one thing that I really. And, that, and that's kind of, that's, that's how you know. You yeah. Know? If there's a point where you go, you this know. is for me, then, you know, like, you know, it's, if you can push through that and fight your way through it and because you're that determined to do it, you know, it means that you do want to do it, you yeah. know. Um, if it's causing you more pain than grief, pain than pain than grief, it's causing you more pain than, you know, desire or success or drive, then, you know, maybe it is time to just let it go, mm, you know. And definitely. just because you let it go doesn't mean you can't pick it up. Exactly. You know. And I think, like, because it's a creative career, I think people kind of get embarrassed or weird about, like, failing air yeah. quotes um at acting whereas like if you were an say a um an accountant and mm. you went i'm gonna give up accounting and um go into law mm. people go oh well you failed at accounting then right whereas like with acting i don't know why people have the view of like when someone's like i'm i like i don't really want to do acting anymore i'm gonna go into i don't know carpentry law, law. <laughs> a lot of factors going to law or carpentry it's kind of strange how people go oh is that because you failed as an actor or yeah you didn't get enough work kind yeah. of thing or you're getting so, a real job in inverted commas yes yes that's the big one so yeah yeah i think it's um it's important to really continue like continuously think about what you want mm. and what you want out of this career because the end goal can't just be oh I'm, i want to be in a in a big blockbuster film kind yeah. of thing it has to be like oh i'm really happy with where i am now and mm. then where do i want to go and yeah. when i get there i'm really happy with where i am now kind of thing yeah and that's a bit and to be fair that's a little bit more long term because just because you get you know you might get to the blockbuster film and have a role in it but then where do you go from there <laughs> I mean, we all have goals and then we achieve them and then, you know, mm. but, you know, for most people, it's okay, I've achieved that goal. And then either A, they go, okay, cool. What's the next, you know, where do I need to go now? Or yeah. they don't know what to do with themselves because they're like, oh, yeah. I've done it now. What, you know? <laughs> and it just me it's kind of like, <laughs> this is, this is going to be a great analogy. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, it's kind of like if you're like going on a, going on a walk and you're like, Okay, I want to get to, I don't know if if you're in if you're in a different country. Like, I want to get to this this city, mm. and so I've got to walk there. But all you're thinking about is when you get to that city, it's going to make you so happy. And so mm. you've got your head down, you're just walking along, and you don't see all of the amazing things along the way. There's amazing mm. mountains. There's people walking by. Mm. 
there's I think, a, a deer in the distance. <laughs> I think analogies say a lot about people because the, so the point you're trying to make is that people need to enjoy the journey, right? People need to enjoy the journey. <laughs> so my, my version of that analogy is driving somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, That's so or riding nice. somewhere. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. Oh, oh, it's so telling. Oh. <laughs> I'm dating a Canadian, so I think the wil- the wilderness stuff is brought out. Oh, I love wilderness, but just you just like riding. I just it. like riding through it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or driving through it. <laughs> or, or driving really fast. Yeah, or flying through it. Depends on what <laughs> I'm feeling. Flying <laughs> in a plane, or like you have abilities to fly. I've put you on the spot now. Anyway, you're like, oh, anyway. fuck. I don't know. I don't know. No. Um, yeah, it's all yeah, and I think yeah, people forget about the journey. People yeah. forget that um, you know you you kind of have to enjoy the journey as well Definitely. because that, that sometimes that's more fun than when you get to the destination. Yeah, when especially if the restaurant's to... closed. You're like, oh, okay, now what? <laughs> now I didn't look at those mountains on the way. Yeah, and I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think um, yeah, and that's part of that's part of the reason why I started the podcast as well. Is I was like. I really enjoy listening to podcasts and also podcasts are very popular. Like I feel like every man and his dog now has a podcast. Um, Exhibit A. Yeah, <laughs> me. Um, yeah, that's that's part of the reason was I was kind of like, oh, I, I kind of want another creative outlet yeah. so I can enjoy the now. But also to, it, it, from a business perspective, it's kind of a, um, a way to network as well as something mm-hmm. else if I'm ever in a situation where I'm talking to a casting director or someone that's important and they ask, you know, what I'm doing, it's interesting to be able to say, oh, I've also got a podcast that's centered around the industry. Yeah. And I mean, like some people may not agree with me, but I I always think it's great to show that you have either a other interests, whether Mm. they be related or not, but also just other things that you're, you know, pursuing because it just shows that you're, you know, you're driven and you're trying to do other. St- you're trying to do stuff to either to help further your career and your networks and. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also something that I've um, kind of um, been focusing on in the last little while is also um, going and doing other things that I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I get the hustle. I get like, you know, as actors, we want to be doing something every day that furthers mm. our acting career but at the same time um you're human and you've got to live a life yeah you've really got to live a life and that actually i think it um how how do i say this it lessens your desperation which in mm. turn actually makes you more of a um desirable person desirable person or desirable talent employ. yeah definitely like yeah. if you get an actor who's like this is all I want to do. Please cast me kind of thing. Not Mm. saying that, but you get the vibe. Yeah. You're like, oh, whereas if you get someone who comes in and is like, oh yeah, like I also really love surfing. Mm. Like, you know, that's what I'm going to do this week and I'm going to go out for a surf. You go, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like my dad surfs. That's awesome. And that's a connection that you make. And then you go, oh, I'd really like to work with that person. Yeah. Because we had a conversation that wasn't centered around. No, yeah, you you want people to be real people, you know, you, you want to be a real person and there's no, and I think that's like, as much as it's, um, you know, you should always go for every opportunity that you throw and, you know, um, I think there's, especially in the, in the entertainment industry, the creative <laughs> industry, I think there is a massive, massive case of FOMO. 
like a fear oh, of missing oh, out. Oh, definitely. There's this you know? thing that casting directors talk about um, often, which is um, actors never take holidays yep. because they think when they take a holiday, that's going to be their big break, break that yeah, happens. Exactly. And it does to some actors. Like, But you know what? I think it doesn't just apply to actors. I think it applies to everyone, everyone because yeah. if, if you're a freelance of anything in creative industry, that week that you take off to, you know, do whatever or mm-hmm. whatever – you know, that might be the opportunity that you miss because or something might come up and they go, hey, yeah. you want to work on this project? And then because you don't get back to them straight away, you miss out on that opportunity. Yeah. And I think we all need to kind of, I know I need to, but I think we all need to just kind of just let that go, you mm-hmm. know, like stop checking your emails at 1130 at night because oh, yeah. after eight o'clock, no one, or even after seven o'clock or six o'clock or even actually it probably should be five o'clock, but after, 530 after the 530 most. at the most, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like after that time period, yeah. like, do you really need to check your work emails? Yeah. You know, like if it's not, if, if, if it can't wait till 9am the next morning, mm-hmm. you know, does it, is it really that, if it's that important, won't they call you if they need you particularly? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very true. And I think um, I read something recently. I think it was Greg Apps, who is a casting director. Mm. He has a little newsletter that he sends out. It's very it's very helpful. Mm. Thanks, Greg. Um, Shout out, Greg. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Um, and he wrote this um, kind of really short article about um, how – uh, th- the three things in life that will give you the life experience in order to understand the characters that you're mm. going to play is love, travel, and kids. And so, yeah. Kids as um, in human kids or do they have to be um, any type of kids? Like, can they be fur babies? I would, like, at the moment, I'm definitely not going to have kids. So I think fur babies is appropriate mm. for... But at the same time, I won't be playing a mum, so it doesn't no. matter. No, but I think I think I think he makes a very very valid point that how can you be expected, or how can you expect yourself to play a character without life experience, or yeah. how can you expect yourself to relate to certain things? And yes, obviously, if you're playing, you know, a period piece where you need to be in World War Two, you know, you're not don't go out and be in a war. No, but like just for the sake of it. But if you want to, <laughs> if you want to, sure. But do you know what I mean? Like, and there's ways you can definitely, obviously, research and try and discover the character through that. But mm. you know, you know, through generalized characters, you know, the best way to kind of get those experiences and get those underlying emotions is through life experience. Definitely, you know? yeah. So it's always interesting when actors are like, oh, I don't really want to take a holiday because, you know, I'm so focused on my acting. It's like, what if you took that holiday and you had an experience and Mm. then you can go into your next audition and be like, well, I was just in France and, Mm. you know, I did this and that and blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, that's super interesting. Yeah. You know, so. And I always thought, you know, as for, as for myself, someone in production, it's always great to, you know, when you see someone's kind of CV and they kind of have their portfolio and everything, but then they've got these things that they have other interests in. Mm. You know, for me, I've got that I'm first aid certified because budgets are tight and if you need someone who's first aid certified, do you know I what I mean? I too. <laughs> I, but do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, yeah. so those kind of things help, you know, you know what I mean? Like I've got things on there that are personal interests too because people want to know that you're a real person and that you've got depth other than, you know, I am just a production robot. Not oh, that there's definitely. anything wrong with production robots, but people no. want real people, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because um, real people create real stories. That sounds really cheesy, doesn't it? <laughs> it's true, but it sounds really cheesy. I'm going to keep that in there. Yeah. The oh, <laughs> that's the headline quote for the Instagram post. Real people create real stories. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. 
I think um, I'm learning more and more to draw on my experiences from life as well mm. um, because there's been a lot. <laughs> I um, One thing that was I, I was going to say before about uni um, and I don't like I don't like I don't want to seem like I'm talking shit or anything like mm. that. Um, but you don't want to get hit. But yeah, <laughs> I think some people might listen to it and be like, oh, like. You know, she's just spinning this the wrong way kind of thing. But I remember, so uh, the way that my uni worked um, when I started was we were, usually they would take in 20 people and um, that would be that year's actors and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they decided that they were going to double the intake and my year was the first year doing it. Mm. Um, So they wanted to bring in 40 people and they wanted to, in your second year, separate you into tiers of acting, performance making and creative arts. So just to sorry, can we just circle? What what was the definition of defining the three categories? Because they kind of sound like the exact same thing, just with different jargon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, the acting and performance making were both a bachelor of performance degree. Yeah. But they said that, like, um, if you're in the acting stream, Mm -hmm. um, you were more focused on looking at plays and texts and like your acting skills Mm. if you were going into the performance making you were kind of writing your own like creating performances it was still acting but it was more like um creating your own projects it wasn't looking at text kind of thing Mm. and then the theater uh creative arts theater was more for people it was very basic and it was if you wanted to become a teacher for drama that sort of thing that was kind of tiered towards you the problem was that you didn't get to decide what tier you were in in the at the end of your first year you did all these different um kind of assessments and then you would find out which tier they'd put you in right and so, of course, I wanted to be in the acting tier. Mm. I was like, that's, I want to be an actor. That's what I want. And it, I, like, remember getting the email and they were like, we've put you in performance making. And I just cried. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to be a performance maker. Mm. This is not what I want to do. And so, and I remember, like, there were, like, 15 people that got into the acting tier. Mm. And it yeah it caused a bit of drama in the year kind of thing it was it was looking back on it now it's really weird yeah that they would have done it that way and Mm. it wasn't helpful no um and so i had a meeting with the four heads of my course and i sat down and i said to them like um i i really like i want to be in the acting tier that's what i want to do i like understand you put me in performance making i just don't really understand that and they outright said to me, we just don't think you're good enough. Yeah, wow. And I was like, oh. And at the time, I didn't really register that I was like, oh, this is a weird thing for my mm. people that are trying to teach me to say. Yeah. Like, <laughs> usually when you're being taught, they should be like, you're doing well. You just need to improve on these things. Yeah. Whereas they outright, and I like, I am not making this up. They just said, you're not good enough. Yeah, wow. And I went. Cool. Cool. Um, so I ended up doing performance making, which in the end actually really helps me now because yeah. I knew how to create something, yeah. which helped me with the web series and helped me with our short film that we did um, as well. So I'm kind of thankful well, in a way. I just think it's weird that they split you up into three groups. Like, I yeah. mean, to be fair, like 
I, my biggest, like, you know, I never went to uni straight out of, or college straight out of, um, out of high school. Cause mm. I still wasn't hundred percent what I wanted to do. Yeah. I was still just like, eh, I don't know. I just want to be 18 and stupid. I'm just kind of, <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, you know, I had a full-time job and everything and then, you know, mm. got a gig and then, you know, did all that and whatnot. But for me at 18, I didn't really know what to do. Whereas I had friends that went straight to uni, you mm. know, and because they thought they had something like, I'm not saying some, you know, some of them still would obviously, you know, be in the same job or that, you know, they got from going doing that uni degree. Yeah. But, you know, how, how are you expected to know what you want to do or how, it, you know, at that age? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of assumed if you're like doing a performance degree, it's like, oh, you want to be, you want to do acting, that sort yeah, of thing. But- and I think it was kind of, I, I don't know 100%. I'm just guessing. No, I no. think it was kind of like they wanted to have exclusively like their group of actors that right, they really okay. nurtured. And yeah. then the other So then why ones wouldn't you offer that like, as a new course? Like, I don't I mean, know. look, I, I, I don't think know. they're doing it anymore because I think yeah, it well. really failed. And I think they just went back to the old kind of Bachelor System. of Performance. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's it's a really interesting thing to reflect on because mm. I just like. I always want to make a point to people that I've never been the favorite. Mm. I've never had things handed to me, like Mm. um, in terms of my acting career. Is there a stigma that you've had things handed to you? No, I just like, I want, (laughs) I like, I just, I, I I don't know if people relate to that and, or if they're going through a hard time in their acting career. Like I just like it to be known Mm. that I have worked my butt off. Yeah. Because I like, yeah, like yeah. from the get go, yeah, I wasn't good enough, and I like looking back, I wasn't good enough. Mm. But it would have been more helpful if I had uh, surrounded myself with people who were willing to help. Yeah, which is why my acting coach now, Ben, is so great. It's when I first started out with him like two years ago, I was pretty average, mm. and not once did he ever. He's never said to me. Like, oh, that wasn't good enough kind of thing. It's always been like, that was great. And then next week we're going to do this kind of thing. Because I think people forget that, you know, creative or acting or anything like that, it it is an art medium you know yes. what i mean and it's open to interpretation true you know which is why we have reviews and you know people review stuff just because something gets an okay review or an average review or whatever doesn't mean it's necessarily a a, bla- a bad product you yeah. know what i mean like people people you know like I, I had a friend that won't watch certain things if they have a certain score on imdb really because they're not work because there's so much out, which, which he has an interesting philosophy. So his, his reasoning behind it is there's so much content out there. It's so oversaturated. If it's not over a score, I can't remember what, I think it was 87% or something. If it's not over, it doesn't get over. That's a lot. Well, if it doesn't get over 87%, he won't watch it wow. because there's things out there that are over that, which he believes that obviously they've been rated better means they're better product, which is an okay. interest, which is an interesting but then you don't get to decide for yourself if it's well, good or not. and that, that's my my that's my uh, argument to him that yeah. there's things that I quite enjoy that aren't as either a you know may have some story hole issues or there may yeah. be a few production elements that weren't 100 percent right, but there's still stories or productions that I still enjoy for whatever reason they are. And also they can be helpful for you to watch and be like, oh okay, I like that element. How yeah. did they do that? Yeah. I didn't like that that's probably not a good thing yeah. to do in a film kind of thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. And I think that was that was part of our discussion was that I was like, hey, you should watch this. And he'd be like, no, nah, it doesn't have a score yet. 
Wow. Yeah. Which always made things interesting. Like, which is fine. He's like, that's his interpretation. That's his, you know, that's his prerogative to choose what he wants, you know? Mm -hmm. Because again, art or video or film or whatever it may be, it's art and it is open to interpretation and some things are going to, people are going to like, some things people aren't going to like. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean anything about it. You know, if anything, you need to be open to it as much as you can. Yeah, you know? definitely. Which is why I, I kind of, like, it raises an eyebrow that they tried to split up the your groups in uni. Because <laughs> it does raise an eyebrow. <laughs> it raises an eyebrow. Well, for, for many reasons, but also, one, you know, if you're putting people into that just acting course, right, they're not getting exposure into what other parts are doing. So, basically, mm, you're disadvantaging yeah. them by, and as much as you wanted to be in that group, you know, hindsight is you probably were better off being in that second group because you got more exposure to other elements of production yeah definitely i think um you could do i can't remember if the acting course um uh, had to do like um because at uni you know how you have to make up a certain amount of units yeah um i think that they may have been able to choose like a one other course of whatever yeah um and you could do like stage managing or lighting and sound and stuff like that or you could do something completely out of the course but yeah i think i was definitely better off Mm. doing the one i did which is so funny at the time like for uh, at the time i was so devastated Mm. and um yeah so (laughs) thanks wollongong uni (laughs) uaw kicking it yeah but yeah yeah i yeah it's it's interesting how people kind of perceive what they think is the you know the proper way to do things or definitely and like I I want to preface like what we're saying right now is that was just my experience yeah. of Wollongong Uni. It's kind of um, our interpretation of the industry. Yes. So it shouldn't yeah. be something that people take to the heart. No, or... don't like. I'm sure like people that went there had a great experience no. there. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, as I said before, I was like also going through a bunch of like personal stuff. And mm. so <laughs> it was a really interesting yeah. time in my life. Um, but yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it was definitely interesting. Mm. Um, but that's okay. But that's who makes you you are now. Exactly. Yeah. A hard ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> which, Don't mess with me. Which is why your characters are always <laughs> the hard ass bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately so. Or fortunately so, because I very much enjoy playing that sort of character. Well, so. it's good to know what your typecast is, and it's good that mm. you enjoy a typecast. Yes. It's good to also expand branch in what... Out. Branch out. Well, try new things. Be, Definitely. Be versatile. Yeah. But, you know, it's good to know that, you know, like you're not going to be cast for a mother next week or... No. So, you know, and I know that sounds really like doy, but, you know, some people need you know need to basically realize what their limits are you know in terms of yeah. what they're being cast i mean not saying you could be you could be cast as a very young mum yeah a teenage mum teen mum teen mum <laughs> teen mum um teen mum rage or but you know that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go and audition for something that's not necessarily appropriate for yeah and i think um that's what i um am think thinking about and talking to people about is like with auditions and stuff like that, when uh, actors are not getting as many auditions as they'd like, they kind of think like, what's wrong with me? Like, mm. what more can I do? And they kind of forget, like maybe the projects at the moment yeah. actually just don't have characters in your age range or yeah. like for what you look like 
Um, and I think especially in Australia, like people cast a lot of the same people because the mm. industry is very well in general the entertainment industry seems from my perspective to be very much about who you know you know what i mean like you've got yeah. to know all the right people and whatnot and that's you know that's most interest industries that seem to be like that but mm. you know and then that's just something hard to break into but yeah as you yeah. say just because you're not getting cast doesn't necessarily mean or auditions for that matter doesn't necessarily mean there's not things out there yes you know being yeah. australia it's quite a small little kind of it is community it's so small yeah (laughs) which is fine it is what it is i Mm. think um uh to acknowledge it's small and then continue on like making your way to what where you want to go um is the most important thing rather than being like oh it's small i'm never gonna make it that's just not helpful and i think there's there's so many ways now that you can kind of do projects Mm, and be seen like it doesn't necessarily have to be you know a 10 piece drama on one of the major networks it could be could be a web series or it could yes. be you know something on digital or it could be an on-demand platform or it could be anything really like and i think sometimes people forget those little things as well and yeah i mean you know every man and his dog's making a podcast every man and his dog's <laughs> making a web series and things like yeah. that but at least they're doing something yes. you know what i mean like it shows that you're invested and interested and driven to be whatever role that you want to be in in film television production Mm -hmm. and it also kind of gives you or your agent something to um as like ammo Mm. for to give to casting directors being like look at this actor but guess what they're doing all of this stuff like they go oh wow you know but yeah new things that jazz up the show real yes that's right but it's also um i think uh, with the whole like making your own work, I think I think I talked to Cat in Vancouver about that on that episode. Um, just referring to all my episodes. Yeah. Um, about uh, it's important to make your own work, but it's also important to be self-critical. Yeah. And to be able to look at that work um, as if it were not you. Yeah. Um, and go, is this is this good? what can improve kind of thing in order to try and put the best kind of product out there rather than just making, making a web series and being like, Oh, I'm going to do this and this is what it's going to be. And then putting it out there and being not very self-aware about really how it came across or, you know, that you weren't really putting your best work out there. Mm. Being self-critical is like, it takes so much work, but yeah. in the end, it's so helpful. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like watching themselves. And I think that's the I major... I find that so interesting. Why? Because you... it's weird. You don't like watching yourself? No, I lo- I, I watch myself. So self-absorbed. So self-absorbed. <laughs> so egotistic. So, oh. Every day I watch my show, really. Yeah, and you just like... And give myself a pat on the back. Do you do you watch it, watch it while you brush your hair in the morning every day? <laughs> like you get to, that's like your G up before auditions. Um well, like, uh, yeah, so, like, I, I myself, like, if I've ever had done cameos and stuff, I hate watching myself. I hate just, you know what I mean? I don't know, and I don't know why. I think it just takes practice. <laughs> if you were doing that, no, if you were doing that every week, yeah, you'd eventually get to a stage where you'd be like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. Um, same with people recording their voices. Yep. You get to a stage where you're like, oh, it is what it is. Yeah. Same with acting. Like, I always find it very interesting, the big movie stars who are like i never watch myself Mm. you know and i always like i think okay that's fine like obviously it works because they're talented 
But at the same time, I don't think that that would be enough for me. I really mm. like seeing everyone's efforts gone into and what the finished product is. Mm. Um, like just being on set and acting in that character for like yeah. a couple of weeks. I think that's only part of the puzzle. Yeah. Um, and I, it's very hard to improve unless you have someone being like, oh, just in this part, you could have done this and mm. it looks like this. Unless you're actually sitting down and watching it and being like, oh, so in that moment I was thinking this, but I really should have thought this because yeah. then that, you know, brings out this and blah, blah, blah. It's, um, yeah. yeah. So keep watching yourself, James. <laughs> keep watching myself. <laughs> <laughs> just keep filming. The only time I get to see myself is in speed cameras now. So but that's all right. <laughs> Once a week. Once, no, no, no. no. <laughs> You're like, shut up, we're, shut up. We're limiting it now. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, we've been talking for a very long time, so I think we should just wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to plug the podcast. <laughs> plug your own podcast. Rachel, is there anything you'd like to plug today? Yes, please. So um, please keep listening to Don't Be So Dramatic. I've, um, I want to make a note that I've... Um, uh, I'm putting less podcast content out there because I want it to still be enjoyable for me mm. and I don't want to be pumping out content for the sake of doing that. And so that's why there's not as many episodes out now. But um, if you can like our Facebook page, give us a listen. It just baffles me when I see like people listening on SoundCloud. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> people are listening to you ramble. Yeah, it's just bizarre, but I really, really appreciate it. Um, what else? Uh, my Instagram is rachel.lauren.baker. Um, also, James and I have our film Behind Closed Doors on the platform Haveview, um, which is H A V I E W. Um, you're just blinking at me like, is it? it I was is. just trying to spell it out in my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's there. We made that a couple of years ago and I'm very proud of it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to continue podcasting. And so I guess we'll go from there. We'll go from there. Yeah. Thanks for interviewing me, James. That's all right. It was fun. Yay. Bye. <laughs> so proud.